0: This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow!
1: Way right. Oh, it takes a, a hop off the path. Passive. You gotta be kidding me! Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill, one hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of
0: like that. I would like to welcome to the Sub-70 Podcast my good friend and one of my favorite people in professional golf I've ever got to spend time with. And he is a man who knows like everybody in the industry, from professional golfers to people in it. He really does need no introduction. So I would like to welcome Mike Dominic to the Sub-70 Podcast. Mike, thank you for joining us tonight. I've been looking forward to this conversation. We are doing this live without a net. Basically, there's no script. And let's just talk some... Golf and life and shit and stuff we're both seeing and just like wing it and see where this goes for 45 minutes.
1: I am here to burn shit down.
0: I love it. All right, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Well, not burning shit down, but just some like cool golf stuff. <laughs> like I haven't even talked to you that much about this because I wanted to wait, but I know you're just out in Bandon. I haven't been there yet. Give me the give me the field report. Bandon Dunes, from a professional golfer standpoint, architecture, the hang, the boys, the whole nine yards. Where is this one rank? You've played golf over the world. Where is this one rank of, like, you got to go do it? Or it's like a good but not great, you know, give me your synopsis.
1: Well, so, I mean, I'm a little bit biased towards Bandon because, you know, like I, growing up in Eureka, I'm three and a half hours driving from there. And I think it opened up back in 19, I think it was 1998 was when they built, when they built the original and they just had a small clubhouse. And when we first went there, I think it was my second year playing pro. I remember my dad went there uh, the opening year and and stuff like that and said it was great. They only had one golf course. And, um, but I went there with a couple college teammates of mine uh, and my dad and we played all the courses. We, we got there in the morning, we played Pacific Dunes, which was the highest rated course in the afternoon the first day. It was 82 degrees, no wind, could not have been a better day. Then the next day, you know, we go to bed, everyone's kind of got their own room. We wake up and we hit 36 and it's blowing 40 miles an hour all day. And it's probably 55 degrees, you know, just a, there's just a tale of two, you know, just, just two different days. I mean, then the last day we went out and we played uh band and trails and, you know, took a walk kind of through nature and all that, which is the way it was designed to be made. And the cool thing about trails, um, you know, a lot of people say it's their least favorite. I think it's probably one of the more difficult ones, but the cool thing about trails is the way it was designed was for every hole out there. You feel like you're on your own golf course. So you feel like you're the only people there there's only two holes where that go right next to each other a so par three up the hill and a par four going away it's 11 and 12 or no 13 14. it's somewhere along those lines i had a few beers so i couldn't remember exactly which hole it was
0: not shocked but, by this not shocked you had a couple well, a, well there, there. absolutely
1: absolutely well absolutely not when you kind of go on a bender you know you gotta have uh you gotta have a few but but the thing is you know like uh, Bannon's not for everybody um i like it because i Love to go on golf trips. I like to hang with the guys. I like to um, have a few beers. I like to gamble a little bit. Um, and, and the thing about Bama is the hospitality is unbelievable. They do not know how to say no there. I mean, we're we're sitting there, and obviously everyone's heard the legends of the Bunker Bar, right? The Bunker Bar just sits below the main lodge, and it is it's just a bar. I mean, it's nothing special. It's whatever. They have vents in there so you can smoke cigars. They have two pool tables, a dartboard, and a bunch of dice cups. And you go down there, and you drink, and you smoke cigars, and you play Liar's Dice. And, you know, and, and a lot of times you'll, you know, get 12, 14 guys together, and just everyone will sit there and play Liar's Dice. And, it, like, the first time we were there, it was probably 1030 at night, and we go up to the bartender. We're like, hey, uh, we're thinking about having another one. When do you close? He goes, oh, whenever you guys want to leave. I love it. Like, holy crap. Okay. So we, yes, yeah, so we stayed there. We had another, we had another drink and then we go, Hey, we want to order, um, you know, a, a couple glasses of glasses scotch to go back to the room. Can we get to go cups? He goes, dad, just take the cups. You just take the glasses back to your room. The maids will get them in the morning and they'll bring them back here. I'm like, no shit. Like, that's awesome. And 24 hour shuttle service, you know, regardless if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're completely sloshed, a shuttle will take you back to your room, whether it's the right room or not, that's up to you.
0: You find a bed to sleep with so, somebody with, though.
1: <sighs> it just, <laughs> Make it work. It just it just, it, it just depends which one you want to jump in,
0: right? You know. <laughs> it, it, can you play those so, golf so, so, courses so, so, blowing at forty? Though is it unplayable or are they not that hard? Where it's,
1: it's... uh you know it, it depends on. So the, we played Bandon. So we played Bandon Dunes. Um, the last day, and it was blowing probably probably the hardest, and. I played some of the USAMTs where they played, where it was fine. We had a kind of a Northwest wind. So a lot of the holes, you know, the way it's designed is you will play one hole into the wind, one hole crosswind, one hole downwind, one hole crosswind, one hole into the wind, next hole downwind. Like that's just kind of the way that it moves around because it's built for every different wind direction.
0: Right. right. I mean,
1: you can play, you can play. I uh, let me see. It's uh, one, two, three, four. I think it's a, Fifth or sixth hole is a par three right along the ocean. I had 171 yards to a back right pin, and I blistered a four iron and came up 25 feet short, short of the stick. You know, but the next day if I went out and played there. I could hit pitching wedge or yeah. or sand wedge.
0: The wind has that obviously that kind of a factor into what clubs right. you play. And bunkers are one day in play and now they're not in play, right? It's like so. I'm assuming it's it, completely exactly how golf was originally exactly. designed.
1: It was how golf was originally designed. You know, it's walking only, so that, that kind of deters a lot of people. Um, you know, we've had a lot of guys from our club want to go up there and have a, you know, just like a guy's trip, but, you know, they ride down here every day. Right. And, you know, you have some joints that don't wear, you know, especially when you start getting older. And, you know, some of them didn't enjoy it because when, when you put that much walking with that much weather, sometimes the weather, most of the time the weather, um, it, it, it kind of it, it wears on you a little bit. And, and and so some people, you know, don't really like it. But in terms of the accommodations and everything, like we got one of the cabins this time where it had four, um, everyone had their own master suite, their own bathroom, their own bed, their own, you know, closet sitting there right next to the, um, you know, the lily pond. And uh, we had a central room with a mini bar, coffee station, living room with a big screen TV, like, you know, which would be like really cool right now, especially when you have, all the sports going on, you know, so we'll cigar smoking patio on the back and, you know, things are just great there. And it's its own private piece of property. There's no police officers. There's, you know, it's just kind of do everything at your own risk. It's a golf playground for people that love to do it and don't want to make the trip over to Ireland or Scotland, you know, or, and then just kind of get that experience but i know like you've had several i mean i think you've thrown out uh you know dismal river sand valley i haven't been to those places but you know from the way that you've made it sound it they seem awesome or similar
0: yeah it's similar you can take it i mean dismal would be impossible not impossible you wouldn't want to walk it it's just the holes are nine hundred thousand feet from each other in the topography you know i don't see anybody ever walking those golf courses are so well they're three miles from the clubhouse to start off with so Or whatever, two and a half miles—that would be bad from the start. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a similar vibe, right? Like it just sort of—they have like one rule: like don't be an asshole. You can do whatever you want, take off where you want to, and just like treat everybody with respect. But it's like the greatest dismal. My opinion is one of the greatest golf experiences in the world. I've been out there nine million times, and I can't wait out—you know—to get out there nine million one because of the food and everything. It's fantastic, right? Right. Well, I
1: mean, I remember seeing the pictures on social media about the food, you know, with your kids and stuff, and I mean. It looks awesome. It looks kind of like the same hospitality of, you know, Bannon. That's the thing about Bannon. There are no rules there. Just don't ruin anyone else's fun and don't be an asshole.
0: Yeah, my only concern is You're my not. left knee is shot. I've had two surgeries on it. I had, like, no meniscus left. And I'm getting old. Like, I'm 47, right? So, like, I think I – That's old. By, that's old. I know. Like, by day three, I don't know if my knee would hold up or I'd be, like, bone on bone pain, which is, like, it, it sucks. I can physically that's, walk that's it. True.
1: but That's true. Um, you know, but, I mean, would I mean, you, that's something where I think where you would just have to take a nice, uh, a nice bottle of something. So like you know, the first day, um, we had a bottle of Glen Glendronic 12 in the bag. Um, Caddy's took a nice swig of that every now and then and, and partook, uh, the second day we had Talisker storm, you know, which is a great, more of a peaty scotch or whatever that you and want that, that in, it, the like bad the weather. Was, in the bad weather. You want you, the uh, peaty. yes, yes hundred percent. Right. Well, the second, yeah. And the second day we went out cause we just did 18 a day and, and we were, there with two guys who were, you know, they're, they're 25 handicaps, but they love to have a good time. And uh, you know, the second day we went and played the sheep ranch and I was excited because I've heard so many mixed reviews about it. You know, like, like, like my high school golf coach, JB, he's just like, uh, Dominic, it's on a retired wind farm. You know why the wind farm got retired because it was too windy. It was too windy for a wind farm. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Like I'm in, I got to experience this. So it's built on the smallest piece of property at the Northwest corner of the, of the property. Obviously you can't go any farther West, but the, um, but it, it's on like, it, it's between 127 and 147 acres. I mean, it's a small, small piece of property. Yeah. So, the, right. So the thing that they, the problem that they run into is they have a lot of holes that go back and forth kind of alongside each other and it blows out there and you can't hear people yell for, or you can't see people. Right. So they've had some incidents where balls have been rolling up around, you know, other groups that have been playing. And, it's you know, it's it's skeptical. However, in terms of the architecture and the history and how they left it, it's awesome. Because when you first went there, uh, you would go to the head pro or somebody in the pro shop and say, hey, listen, I want to go play the sheep ranch. And they would say, "Okay, our superintendent will meet you at the gate on the north end of the property. Bring a check for one hundred twenty five dollars. And he will let you onto property. And they handed you a course map and it was like, everything was unmaintained. Uh, like it was literally a sheep ranch, like, like playing golf in the 17, 1800s, so you awesome. know, and, and they just cut. Kind of, yeah. So you kind of could find your own way around there. So the 17th hole, they have these kind of, um, call them like ghost trees or whatever that are hanging out on the edge of the left side of the property, um, going down to the ocean. And you see a little tee box about 80 yards, on the front left right next to the ocean that's just sitting there and that was the old t-box for the second hole at what was the original sheep ranch that went back to 16 that is like a little par three which is one of their signature holes you know but and then they left like some of the turf around there so like you could hit it down the middle of the fairway and you would have kind of a skeptical lie but you know you just get that but then 25 feet away from you, they might have perfectly, you know, manicured fescue grass.
0: So, so who and, did the design on the first sheep? She went for it. was open. right? Like like how it is now. Like,
1: it, yeah. Half of it. I don't know who the other half was, but I know half of it was, uh, Cora Crenshaw oh, did half cool. of it. All right. And then someone else did the other nine and it's, and here's the thing though. It's super because they built it around the wind. It is super playable. It's not very long it's a lot of fun i mean it's 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 a great little golf course that they that they put up there and it has its own private driving range which is great
0: maybe i'll just have to hire another caddy just to carry me at times if my knee starts flailing up or something like that like that seems reasonable <laughs> like a sherpa i need a sherpa <laughs> For, for Brandon.
1: <laughs> I, I, I told well, here's the, here's the cool thing. The guy who caddied for me, we weren't going to take caddies. And I finally told my dad, I was like, hey, you're going to want to take caddies because you get these like rickshaws that you can drag across the green and no one will yell at you, you know. And I'm like, you guys are going to be battered and tired. And it's just, it's way better if you take a caddy to kind of guide you. Because I'm not going to take my time at the experience until you where to hit it and look for your golf balls. You know, so so the guy who caddied for me uh, was a guy I played against in high school. He was a couple years older than me. He played at Chico State, uh, Danny Clayton. If you go to Bandon, call and have him reserve him. I mean, he's been there for 10 years. He's a great player, and he will drink with you, shoot the shit, have a great time, call on airstrikes, get beers delivered out on the course for you. I mean, he is just – he's the guy. And then the other guy who caddied for us is pretty funny because he looked exactly – like Walter from The Big Lebowski.
0: Oh, who doesn't like, like Walter exactly from The Big like Lebowski? It. Right,
1: exactly. Right. I thought he was going to pull a gun out of the bag and start, you know, pointing it at us. If Did he have the glasses? He, he so he so for every year for Halloween he goes as Walter <laughs> and he course. has a uh, a green you're right. So he has a green plastic um, squirt gun and he goes around and would shoot people in the mouth with the kid shots. You know, and he had all the lines down. He had the vest, the glasses everything
0: it was so cool did he yell market zero for any of the shots if you saw an infraction or anything like that
1: (laughs) i i i wish i wish that he would have done that i should have yelled that you You know like when you're when you're when you're putting out there from 85 feet on some of these holes and you know and and you're three putting and the guy's going great three three putt you're like market zero market zero market zero zero.
0: world of pain Smokey. right (laughs) (laughs) is that not one of the greatest movies
1: of all time I, my, my girlfriend was worried about me um, last fall after Q school I came home and we got a nice little stream of cool weather I didn't touch my clubs and I sat in here and the big Lebowski was on almost every day and I went to the store and I got Kahlua cream and vodka and I drank white Russians and watched the big Lebowski probably three or four nights in a row while she was teaching yoga. And I'm going, you know, she'd come home like, how you doing? <laughs> well, half <laughs> ah, lit now. You know, I'm, I'm doing great. Just don't light a match, honey. <laughs> it's uh,
0: it's like one of, like, I don't even think it was out in the movie theaters. No one knew about it that much. It, it's like, it's one of the most hilarious movies. i thought about, like, doing the thing where you put the, like, the, like the, the ball hitting the putt into the <laughs> hole instead of the bowling pins. Like, when he's, like, you know, just chilling, listening to the sound of it. Like... <laughs> Is there something to the Lebowski where I could get a little bit out of that, right? Like, if I just heard the ball, that sound of it going into the cup, would it improve my putting? Because it did – I mean, I'm I'm thinking the Lebowski was definitely thinking this was helping his mental bowling game of just hearing those pins crash.
1: Well, something. I think he had a a little something else in his system, too, that may have – Just, like,
0: enhanced it? You know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, the best is when I, one of my favorite parts of that movie is when he goes and he he dead he puts the piece of wood on the ground, he puts all the nails in it, and then he puts the chair up against the door to keep you from coming in. And the door opens the other way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just the greatest it's classic. The, the subtleties it's of that classic, movie. It's just the greatest thing twice, ever. Like,
1: but one of the one of the funnest. One of the funniest memes or whatever clips, whatever you call them nowadays, that I've seen on Instagram is when it it, it says me on my way to play a midweek round with the boys. And it's him right after he gets uh, checked out by the gynecologist, (laughs) you know, and he's just driving with the joint in his mouth, hitting the roof. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's the greatest. It's like one of the greatest movies ever. I think right. I got to put it, it really, in front of Caddyshack. It really Caddyshack. tied the room together. Uh, yeah, yeah I really
1: tied the room together. Caddyshack is great. I, I was so disappointed in Caddyshack 2 and 3. Yeah, I can't hey, I talk about awful. those.
0: No, but the first, oh, but, I, but yeah. Lebowski is oh, utter classic. And, like, if somebody doesn't find it funny, I'm like, how do you not find that movie funny as shit? Like, it's the greatest, everything about it. Like, it's just the greatest friggin' movie ever. It truly is.
1: Yeah, well, it, it goes along those lines, too, with, like, Tropic Thunder, you know, I was watching Tropic Thunder whenever it came out. And I'm watching this, I'm going, dude, this is the worst war movie I've ever seen. Like, the first time I watched it. Then the next time I had a few beers, and I watched it, and I go, oh, my God, this is a comedy. <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't even know it was a, it was a comedy at first, especially with the cast. So I, was, I I'm, it took me, I watched it three or four times, I didn't even realize who Robert Downey Jr. was. I'm like, where is he in the movie?
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> no. like, this doesn't compare to Deer Hunter. Well, yeah, right. It's an exactly <laughs> no. apocalypse now.
1: Yeah, this Yeah, this isn't Saving Private Ryan. Exactly. Heck?
0: Well, I, I was going to say, back to <laughs> Bandon, because uh, now we've gotten that tangent. Yeah. Did you have any good rounds? Did I mean, you are a professional
1: golfer. You know, did I did. I, I played the best at Sheep Ranch. I had, you know, for a blown 40 out there, I had six birdies. Oh boy, I think I shot three or four under at, at Sheep Ranch. And it was the first time seeing it. And, and here's the thing. Um, it, it could have been lower because there were a lot of times that we had, you know, because we had four guys, two caddies, double bagging it. A lot of times since I had been there before and I was a little more on vacation, I was trying to have like my, my buddy Nick who was up there. I was trying to have the caddy help him out as much as possible and get him around because I can find my own way really around the golf course. You know, so so I shot, you know, sixty eight there. The first day at trails I was a little hungover um from the that night before in driving it way three and a half hours. Well, no, not really. Not not after your thirties. Um, okay well it wasn't like the good hangover. It was like I had the headache and that we're driving highway one had like hangover. Not, you yeah, know? the curves yeah. and
0: stuff. Yeah, that's that could be the,
1: Yeah, yeah. No boy You're kinda of looking at the ocean, trying to get some air or something you know just to make sure you don't puke but the um but no the um the first day i got there i hit it okay like i found a little bit my putting i probably shot 75 at trails and that was that was a tough time to i hit it pretty good i just you know i let a couple slip away here and you know here and there i had a three putt from from 60 i want to say i was 74 or 75 and then banned in the last day we were moving around tee boxes i had a couple birdies um, but then the back nine, it got so ridiculous. I mean, the 10th hole I left one of the Josh, 11, 11 was unbelievable because it's like, it's like 420 yards uphill. And I went driver, I hit five wood from 160 yards and I was 35 feet short of the green. Did you at least and
0: did you hook it in the wind a little? I hope.
1: No, it was it was a dreaded dead straight dead straight ball. Did not oh. hook it into the wind. At this point, I was not capable of doing that. And <laughs> and, and left it was fescue, right there was Fesky, right there's bunkers, and I'm I'm sitting there going, okay, we're just going to try and get this thing anywhere on the front half of the green because three wood was too much. It may have been the right play, but the um, but then you know I hit I hit a pitch shot out of the Fesky out of a rough lie to 15 feet, and I'm straight downhill downwind. And I probably hit this pot six inches and it just rolled all the way there and just leaked past the hole to about a cup. You know, I mean, that's how hard it was going. But then the next, you know, um, uh, what was it? A couple holes later, you know, the par five that everybody was talking about in the in the amateur, I mean, I went driver pitching wedge. You know, it's five fifty, five sixty. I think from the tees that we played it. Um, there was one tee box more behind us, but you know I, I didn't play that one. But I mean I, I mean I went down there and you know hit driver um, driver pitching wedge and and two putted for birdie. Uh, but the next hole, I mean it's right back into teeth. It's a short hole. It depends. It would no win. It depends on what line you want to take. I pulled it left into the bunker and I had 130 yards into the green and I was right like in the middle of the bunker and I think I hit seven iron out of the fairway bunker, straight up in the air, and I watched this thing come back at me. You know, I had a 40-yard, 40-50-yard pitch shot. A know, wee get breeze. get up there and save par. A wee breeze. A, a wee breeze. <laughs> you know, again, for for example, there's a 320-yard uh, par four. The 16 pole goes right along the ocean. It's a great hole. Last time I played it, I birdied it. It's awesome. Split fairway, super scenic, the whole thing. Um, I was going to hit four iron. Caddy talked me into five wood. I, three-quarter to five wood, with a little bit of spin on it, and it airmailed the green and went and went down the hill into the ocean or on the beach or wherever it was. I mean, that's just how hard it was blowing. And but it's one of those things like you just you gotta you're at you gotta embrace it, you know. And people don't people don't like weather sometimes. They want to go someplace and they always want 75, no wind, greens rolling a nine and a half. And I'm like, dude, no. screw it, man. Like, like how, how many times are you I, gonna play in what? Like, Give me the I'll wind,
0: s- yeah. I'll hit six Give hybrid from one eighteen and draw it into a the 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 wind and hold my line. I I've got that shot. I'm not afraid. to You use know, it.
1: I, I was going to ask you about that. Is that six hybrid because you have six hybrids, or do you have like a like a four and a three in there?
0: Somewhere? I got a four, five, and six.
1: Okay, all right. By the but, way, I do like the hybrid, the hybrid that you sent. Well
0: what so happened? The hybrid, the
1: hybrid, and the three that you sent over.
0: I mean, I don't know if I should be proudly admitting this, but what happened is that at Kishwaukee National Golf and Polo Club in DeKalb, Illinois, I don't know if you knew it had a polo field there too, um, and a I did national not know membership. A polo field. Yeah, polo field, national membership, uh, helicopter landing pad. It's got everything. Um, hope you hear the sound Really? So I, can what, fly,
1: I can fly, I, so I can have my friend land your, fly me in on the helicopter. You
0: could land the private Perfect. jet there too. Exactly. There's also a runway at Kishwaukee National Golf and Polo Club. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got everything, everything that anybody ever wanted in a club, but uh, out there, there's like these, a bunch of like 180, 175, 188 yard par threes, right? And it's like, (laughs) I can hit this little hybrid with like a little cut, it goes up, it lands soft, why am I fighting this with a six iron? So it started off as like a little like par three finder, and then like, I got pretty good with it, I actually can hit like knockdowns, it's easier out of the rough. And then, like, it's, you know, just put your ego aside. And I was like, I'm actually a better golfer with a six hybrid than a six iron. And I kind of sweep it anyway. I don't take, like, huge difference. Yeah, And which is it, great. It, it, it actually works. Like, I'm, you know, if I really want to turn one hard, you know, like 190, pretty big, right? A lot of horsepower mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good from, like, 175, 180. It's, like, pretty money. Like, you can just three-quarter a little yeah. cutty six hybrid out there. Or in your case, if it's a thirty mile an hour wind, I'll I'll put it back in the stance. I'll hit a little punch draw, one twenty two. Yeah, I've got that shot too. So I say bring the elements on. I'd rather have a little rain. I want some wind direction. I want some shit. If I'm on a golf course like that, I don't want eighty. Yeah, to but sunny. that's
1: what, yeah, yeah, and that's what makes um. You know, you're an entrepreneur. That's why you like that stuff. You know, I mean, if anything was e- if everything was easy, everybody could do it. You know, and, and, and two, and it's funny you mention that. So two names. I'm going to throw out here, Betsy King, who um, I've played multiple times. She's a member over at our, our club here in Scottsdale and Eric Hansen. Okay. Eric Hansen, you know, pitched in the, uh, for the Mariners back with Griffey and Randy Johnson fishing Toronto with Roger Clemens and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the guy, he was an all-star he's been around the block, but Eric, Eric Hansen is a phenomenal amateur player. I mean, he's got, a completely messed up ankle where the USGA actually gave him the Casey Martin rule, where it's like if he qualifies for a US Senior Open or a, you know, like he was in Colorado for he qualified for the mid-AM uh, last year at Colorado Golf Club. He is out there in a cart riding around because, you know, he can't walk 18 holes and, and play golf. It's, it's tough. But those guys, I mean, Betsy and Eric. Um, Eric's 55. I can't remember how old Betsy is, but. When you watch now how many woods and hybrids they have, you know, Eric Eric has driver three wood, five wood, driver three wood, five wood. He doesn't actually carry a hybrid, but Betsy's got a couple hybrids. And Eric will literally saw off a three wood from like 218 and cut it around a front bunker, you know, into into whatever hole he's playing, you know, or he'll take a four iron from you know, 170 yards and and carve a little draw into the wind around the bunker, you know, into, into a back left pin and stuff like that. Where a lot of guys know, nowadays are, you know, from that yardage are taking a seven, six five iron and they're trying to hit something high and wrap and do this. I mean, the guy's a complete artist, you know, Betsy's the same way and they always go, dude, it doesn't matter. No, their games have changed so much over the year, but they go, it doesn't matter what you hit just swallow Swallow your pride, swallow your ego. It, it, you know, Jack Nicklaus said the same thing. It doesn't matter what club you hit; it's how you hit it, right? Well, I agree. And- yeah, no, I,
0: I agree. Like, I'm not golf's hard enough, right? And if I can use some technology, and I hit like a low draw naturally, so if it gets up in the air a little bit more, and I can still maneuver it, and you know, why why am I fighting that battle? It's a tough game, man. I'm, I'm hitting. I'm yeah, sticking with the six hybrid. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm hey. not getting rid of it. I'm
1: sure that thing is worn out. Just, just I'm, through, I'm sure that thing is worn out. Middle club face, maybe just the hair off the toe. You know, I think you're good to go.
0: Yeah, yeah it does have. It's called it patinas up in the sweet spot. Um, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of right in that middle spot. So I pure it. I pure the 6 eye bread. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you too. Is uh, yeah. this ever? Is this ever fun? Like, so I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I'm curious. Like, as we're talking, have you ever went and got a caddy? And then you don't tell the kid you're a pro, whoever's caddying for you, and they're like, "This is the greatest round of my life because this bastard hits it straight pretty much every time. It's long, and he reads putts better than I do." And then like, do you ever not tell them what you do for a living and just let them think like they got the greatest amateur?
1: I, I had it. (laughs) I had it at um, Olympia Field. We had this kid who was in the Evan Scholar Program and um, super nice, um, super nice kid. He was talking, you know, and i have just gotten the Bettinardi uh, that I used. I was literally at Bettinardi the day before, um, got the high putter, and was staying up, up with um, Pierce Grieve and his family. Pierce, Pierce is going to be a heck of a player coming out of Illinois. Watch for his name. He's out of Lake Forest. Um, but he, uh, so I go down. We, we get on Olympia Fields, and this kid's catting, and we're kind of playing back. He's not saying too much. He's just kind of like hitting stuff. So I bring him in, I start asking him a couple questions, you know, like the first hole is that par five, right? And I'm like, Hey, like, where do I kind of want to hit this? You know, I like, like whatever. And he goes, well, you know, you got the pen on the right. You probably want to keep it a little bit left, whatever. I'm like, okay. And I, it was like 250. I'm like, Hey, do you think I could get a three wood there? And he's like, well, I mean, if you hit it 250, yeah. I'm like, cool. Thanks kid. Right. <laughs> you know? so, kid. so, you know, I, I hit it in, I hit it in there. Yeah. It, it's smart kids. So I hit it in there. I two put. I go to the next one I'm kind of doing this doing that and then um he comes in uh I, I, what is it i think it's hole eight is that long par three it's like 275 or 280 i think we played we played the back tees there and he comes in and he he gives me like a left edge read i'd hit it in there to like five feet and and he he gives me left edge read i'm like are you sure he goes, yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think, I, I think it might be outside left. And it was a left edge read. I'm like, I think it might be outside left. And he goes, well, do what you want, man. But if you want to make it, it's a left edge read. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I step up, hit soft left edge thing goes in and I give it, I'm like, hey, good read. So he starts asking me, like, he just talked down me on the back and he just goes, so what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of a independent contractor for this company and that I'm the CEO of <laughs> <laughs> like that. You can just kind of see the confusion on his face. And I go, no, I'm kidding. Like, you know, I've been trying to make the PGA tour for about, I think back then it was like five or six years. He goes, wow, that's really cool. Cause I could just tell that, you know, that you were kind of a good player and I'm like, yeah, you know, but you never want to know. I, I think it's funny. Um, like Max Holman out on Twitter, you know, he like, everyone made a big deal. And he goes, I lie to Uber drivers about what I do. Right. Cause as soon as someone finds out you're a professional golfer, you know, it's cool. They get all excited. I mean, especially when you're at that level, they get all excited. But when people like the part of it that gets annoying is when people sit there and go, oh, you're professional. Golf. The first question I always go is, Well, how much money are you making? And I'm like, well, let me just tone this down for you. I'll tell you what my expenses are.
0: Right. Exactly. That might be a little,
1: that might, that might give you a little bit more of a, of a gauge, you know? And so, and then they go, well, have you ever played with tiger? And my response goes, yeah, you know what? He freaking texts me all the time. I just, I never have time. I am always so busy. I cannot play with tiger. You know, want to fly me out on his jet next week to blue Jack national? Yeah. You know, I just, I can't do it. I got to take a real estate test, yep. you know, like, like, come on. But the, um, but it, you know, it's cool because like when, when you're golfing, everybody asks you, what is it, if you weren't golfing, what is it that you would be doing? And, if something doesn't work, what am I going to do? And I have had, in my experience, um, I've learned more about myself in the last eight years after dealing with caddies, after dealing with other players, after dealing with um, traveling, being my own manager. Like, I had to call my mom one time to book me a hotel in Florida because I was getting crappy service and driving and didn't want to be on my phone in a... A storm, you know, and, 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 and like, you know, stuff like that, like you, you learn how, you know, you really learn who you are when, when the going is tough. Like when you've missed six cuts in a row, seven cuts in a row and your game is right there and you're sitting alone in your hotel room, eating Chipotle, you learn a lot about yourself. And that's, what's kind of cool. Like, like you end up learning about like what you like, what you don't like, especially based off the people you meet along the way you play golf with, you know, CEOs, people like, you know, you meet people like you that are entrepreneurs in a club company. You're like, hey, we just want you to play our clubs. I'm like, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll play your clubs. And then you meet people that, um, you know, either want to take advantage of you and praise you in your high times and then your low times. They don't talk to you, you know, and it's just, it it, it kind of makes you. You
0: see all sides of it, right?
1: All sides of everything. i see
0: all sides of it, yeah. You know?
1: all sides of everything and, and, and it really makes you um it makes you good at reading people uh you know it, it just i don't know i mean i i don't i don't regret one second for you know doing what i've done or what i've tried you know and and that's a, that's another thing is how many people sit there and they go oh my god you know you're a if you're, you're you're a failed professional golfer I'm like hey man I can credit myself as a failure you know why because it means that I tried if you don't even try something, screw it man you're no better than the rest of them
0: hey I'm with you, you man. know i'm uh, I'm doing it basically every day right of of being an entrepreneur and running I, the golf companies. I, think- I love it but it's like yeah, there's inherent risk this is what happens now hopefully we do a good job and business stays strong and we take care of our customers and it's a labor of love of what we do but Right, right. And, like, but that's and, kind and of the to, fun of it, though. Too, is there is you know, it's not a guarantee. Like, you gotta go earn it each day.
1: Right, and and to talk up um, sub seventy a little bit, you know, it, you can go over performance based off of price point, based off of customer service, everything across the board. You guys are great. I mean, I got in touch with you from Ryan, uh, who yeah. runs the Monday Q Info account, and I sent you a, and I just, I don't know if I called you, left you a voicemail, or texted you, and. got back and you're like hey would love to work with you send me your specs it wasn't send me a resume who are you um you know what's this what's that it was just hey yeah we'll build something for you and two weeks later i had a new set of clubs
0: it's it's still like i'm humbled by that right so i am still i love golf right like i go golf when i have free time i take golf vacations i work in golf every day and i love my family and my wife mm -hmm. and stuff but like i'm like a golf nut It is still the coolest. Mm -hmm. I'm like living my field of dreams from that standpoint of having guys like you trust us to build your equipment of stuff that we helped, you know, have our hands on and help design. And we have, you know, engineers way smarter than I am that also really design the stuff. But we still put our two cents in there. It is still the coolest thing ever to get a call from a professional golfer and say, essentially, hey, can you help me? I would like to game your clubs in a competitive mode. Like, I, I don't, like, there's no, like, sending resumes. Like, I think it's the coolest friggin' thing ever of working with, mm-hmm. I love working with our amateur clients as well. But great, I love all of it. It's like there's always a challenge in every one of it. But there is still nothing cooler than right. getting a call from a professional athlete and saying, can we work together to build some sticks for me? Like, it's awesome. Like, I still, I hope I never, yeah. I don't think I ever will because I still, I have, I've been around it for so long that I understand golf and I understand what you know, what it takes to be a professional and talking to, what have I done, hundred and some podcasts. Most of it is not uh, you, Phil Mickelson in the sense of, you know, what he, well, he won as an amateur, someone doesn't count. Justin Leonard, where you have your full PGA Tour card and six or seven sponsors exemptions, right? Most of the journeys mm-hmm. is Tom Pernice Jr., who like mm-hmm. grinded the shit out of it Founded, got great, stayed great, still great, one last year again, but it took him 10, 12 years, fifteen years of perseverance, Olin Brown. And then once they kinda got it, then they were on the PJ tour for twenty years. Or you know, Tom, mm-hmm. I think pernice was like he was exempt, same with Olin at fifty. Fifty he's yeah. still doing it, right? It's like that's most of those guys' journeys. It's not it's not college, big contract. Tour card, twelve wins, jet, go home. It's a grind. Exactly. up. I, and I, I think I, I just admire, you know, the guys who are pro golfers, and I know how hard they work, and I know how hard it is. And we just had Zach Fisher stay with us this weekend. I by the way, like Great what a class Oh my gosh, like how do you not root Hops for him?
1: Class classic. I've never personally met him. I just know his story, and he he's a class act.
0: It's I'll tell you what the coolest thing was. So we always had bets, you know, oh, guys couldn't come out because Kishwaukee, it's not actually a national golf club. It's like a 6,400 yard old <laughs> Tom Bendelow, 6,400 yards par 70 from the tips, right? What would a professional golfer shoot out there? Now, Jay and I were talking mm-hmm. and we had the over under at 64 and a half. Sight unseen, no caddy, casual round. So You had to throw the put- half in there, didn't you? That was really the bet. That was the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> so we don't actually have it. And people at the club were like, guys at the bar, are like, they won't, he won't break 70. It's too severe. Gosh, you have any idea how good, the different level of good this is, right?
1: It's unbelievable. He came
0: out after he did the Monday queue. He didn't get through. You know, talk about tough four spots, you know, seven under for a playoff. It's unbelievable. Right? It's, it's unbelievable. So the poor guy, you know, he's playing his heart out, super talented, but, you know, he didn't go – he went under par. I don't know it was a couple under, but just not enough that day. So, you know, he still is like, I'll just come hang out with you because I was out there playing. So we played 12 holes. It was the easiest-looking four under par through 12 holes I've ever seen out at Kish. So my over-under bet, if he would have had, like, six more holes, it would have been damn near what I thought at par 70, right around 64 or 65 sight unseen. It is – it was crazy cool to watch a player of his level up close. Just me and him, chilling on a Sunday afternoon. Of how much better it is than even the average high end amateur at the club. It's it's a different game. Right.
1: It's a you. I mean, guys sit there. Um, guys sit there, and they go, you know what? I should. And, and here's how you know you're not committed to doing it. Oh, you know what? I should just turn pro and go play some events. Right? We had a, we had a guy um out here several oh god it's probably four or five years ago and he was playing the best golf of his life played division two college golf he played with Reem gibson at oklahoma christian and um he was playing i mean where he was never shooting outside of 67 to 69 and he's just like you know what i should turn pro i should just turn pro i should just do it i should do this and that Blah i blah, blah. came from a family with a bunch of money and i'm like yeah, okay you know you're playing country club golf playing country club golf teed it up with sean o'hare oh god month month and a half ago he'd seen the course twice two or three times shot first time i played them shot 62 set the course record and it's like you know like like what are you even talking about here right i mean the i've never seen the guy hit a three wood I never have. Every time he's going into a par five, it is long iron, and it is 100-plus feet in the air, and it comes down soft. It's just a different deal, you know? Um, last Saturday, uh, J.J. Spawn, little guy, tiny, goes 285 three-wood off the deck to our fourth hole straight uphill, hits three-wood 20 feet short of the green. I mean, pumped it. the ball moved. Zero inches. It was dead straight. Well, that's what I noticed
0: too. Like, yeah, it's like the drives too. It's like it's like a seventeen degree launch angle with one hundred and seventeen mile an hour uh, club head speed with like no spin. Like, if I hit the ball that high off the tee, would go about one hundred and fifteen yards. Like, how the right Zach just killed it. Like, it just murdered off the tee.
1: Right, And, and, and you know the funny thing was, you know, like me, I was always you know, in college, I was long after college. I was long now. I mean, I've had just age. I mean, I can say age 31, but you know, I've had couple surgeries, you know, I got a really bad left hip, left knee, whatever. But if I'm a hundred percent, I go out, I'll keep up with Sean O'Hare. Like, and by keep up, I mean like within 10 yards, but if I catch one and he catches one, he is 20 by me. I mean, Easily, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's just a different game. But like, you know, I was just home. I was playing, playing my high school coach and um, you know, a high school teammate who's just a phenomenal athlete. And I out drove him by about 40 on one hole. He goes, Jesus, man. He's like, how far are you hitting it now? And I said, it doesn't matter how far I hit it. It matters what score goes on the card at the end of the day. Does hitting it long make it easier? Yes, it does. But look at what happened at Olympia Fields. Right. Look at look at what's going to happen at Wingfoot, right? And all these all the way the golf is going. Oh my God, we got to lengthen the courses. Oh, we got to lengthen the courses. No, you don't. You got to narrow the fairways. Narrow the fairways. That's all you have to do. Well, I Um, still want
0: to hit it like Zach though once in my life to see what it feels like to hit like a 300 yard drive in the air at that launch angle with that lowest spin with a two foot cut. Once I want it once. once.
1: I think if you go I think if you go back to what we were talking about with the big Lebowski and maybe go down that route, you <laughs> might be able to uh, do that once. But that's where that's where I think you have to record his, his driver swing with the hit and yeah. you have to put plug in just your eight tape and just channel it. Channel it. I think that's what you gotta do.
0: Well Digital I gotta ask success. one last story. Because um, I think we should just do this on a regular basis. Because I just think it's fun as hell to just talk to a professional golfer and get the you know what's going on in golf and stories and like you know everybody like basically out in the professional world. So we just keep picking your brains of good stories. And this is a great one. So we're going to end it with this. You got to tell the listeners the Sean O'Hare kicking the shit out of you story. And you're like what four under through nine and you're getting pummeled or something like that.
1: Like I you're playing great. Smoked. It was like it was like a nurse with stage four Parkinson's trying to put a catheter in you. It was awful. (laughs) And so we go out there, Sean's hungover, Okay. So I'm all excited to play with him. And the night before he was having uh, drinks with one of our members, uh, Justin Um, and Justin, and here's the thing, Justin's no slap. I mean, he's like a, if Justin practiced and played, he'd be a plus, you know, three or four, he played a Bowling Green state, good golfer. Um, God, who did he, he, um, he played against Ben the Ben Curtis who won the major. I think he yeah. played against Ben Curtis, who played at Kent State.
0: Ben right? Curtis he's, Ben Curtis is now once again the nicest guy in the world. Uh he's the assistant exact, golf yeah. coach at uh Kent State now. But yeah, he won the 03 Shut open up. championship. Yeah. Right, he's back home right. and so just he, doing his like thing, living his life. Right. Great so guy. He
1: was at Bowling Green when, when, when he was at um Kent State. Uh, right? when he was at Kent State. When he was at Kent State, yeah. So and it, it, Justin pounds it. He's a big dude. He pounds. So we we go out there. Sean's over, First hole par five, slight dogleg left. Sean hits probably five, six warm-up balls. Goes out there, goes driver five iron. Five iron from 225 to six, seven feet makes equal. I made birdie. We go to two. Sean misses a putt. But he hit, like, I mean, he had a slight downhill par four and just pumps driver over the right bunker, which is like, you can get it there. I mean, with like no wind, but he was into a little bit of a wind and he had like 40 yards in. I'm like, this is insane. And then he doesn't end up making birdie. He doesn't get, you know, he gets up and down the next hole par three. Then it's like driver five iron to six feet misses an Eagle putt. I made birdie. Then we go to the next hole. Sean makes birdie, I miss it. Next hole, I make birdie, he makes birdie. Next hole, birdie, birdie, birdie. I think he shot 30 or 31 on the front. And I was I shot 32 and we were down. We were down like I don't know, two presses. And we were down three. I mean, we're just getting our asses handed to us. So then he goes to he goes to ten. He misses a birdie. 11, he hits it to an inch, a par 3. Again, it was like another 5-iron from 215 into the wind. Hits it to an inch, makes birdie. Um, I birdied the next one. and I, I, I ended up shooting 500, and we lost six ways. What do you think he shot that and day? You, that was the day he shot 62.
0: That was a 62. Thanks for coming. I'm 60. hungover
1: 62. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for drinking Casa de Soul Tequila which we know you love. And thank you, Justin, for getting him drunk so he's just not thinking about anything. And we just got our absolute asses handed to us. But it was one of those things where, like, he took a few holes off and he just kind of went par, par, par. Then it was birdie, 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 birdie. No, Tom Haldeman was the other one we were playing with.
0: And it's just
1: like, it was, it was unbelievable, you know, where it's, it, it, was, it was completely effortless. It was effortless to have the ball just, like, watching. And like, and, like, here's the thing. Like, I played with Rafael Campos, played with Denny McCarthy, played with Cameron Davis, okay? Campos and Davis absolutely pounded. They pounded. But – and Davis is obviously farther, a little bit farther than Sean probably, just with his youth and his length. But Sean, for how far he hit it, and how he never missed a fairway or a wedge. It's just like, it was it was incredible. And, and the funny thing was, afterwards, he goes, man, he goes, I'm just not a very good wedge player. I'm like, well, fool me, dude. He hit every <laughs> one to six feet. 62, <laughs> you know? you're doing something okay. Yeah, 62. And then, you know, he goes on the podcast with Gravy and the Sleaze and goes out and plays on Friday again, you know, like with, with just one of our members. And, and and they had Nost out there. They had um, uh, Drew Stoltz out there. You know, the guys are just hilarious, right? And Sean's like, dude, imagine, you know, if I could hit, you know, good wedges and good putts. And Cole knows like, well, Jesus, imagine if I could hit a 320. Right. You know, right. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it's what you, it's what you get. It's but to go strength. out there you know, and, and you're like, you're, you're playing against a guy who's had $24 million in career earnings, plus or minus maybe a couple million. And you're excited to play against him. And you're sitting there watching him hit it and you go, Wow. Like that, you know what? That was a one-time thing. The next time I played with him, he shot 63. The next two times, he shot 64, 65. You know, but he gets in the he gets in the bar, buys you a drink. Um, you know, and money well, You can't get stands. mad, right?
0: I mean, you shoot like four or five under you You lose? Like, no, like, I mean, you just go. What,
1: it's what do you do? Yeah,
0: I mean, if I. Well, shot...
1: what what do you do? You 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 go Happy Gilmore and you try and take his leg out or something. You got to sweep the leg. You got to <laughs> I mean, sweep just... the leg, dude.
0: You tip the hat and you go, well, bold, uh, sir, right? I mean, like, what else can you do? You did
1: your job, right? You're four or five under on your own ball. Like you well, would take that well, pretty much every day. So it's funny because the the last time we played with him real quick, the last time we played with him, we're playing a team, Justin, poor Justin, he did not play very well. And, it, it, and Justin and Sean become really good friends. So, you know, we're playing these games and Justin was, was my partner. Of course, he was my partner. He didn't play very well. And, um, You know, pressing, every time you press, Sean birdied. It was very demoralizing. So we get to 18, and Sean, we have a little car path that goes to the middle. It's a par five. Sean hits the car path, and it just catapults all the way down, way down the fairway. And Justin goes, Jesus, you dude, you freaking hit the car path. Screw you, cowboy, you know, the whole thing. And I go, well, hey, here's the thing. He goes, he probably has a wedge from 170. You know how bad his wedges are. And Sean just laughs. He goes, yeah, you're probably right. man. I might make five. Well, of course, he hits seven iron from, you know, Two ten to 15 feet and it was just over. So, you know, but it's fun. It's so, it's so fun to watch. Like even uh, like a Saturday, we had this game. It, it, it's fun to watch Tanagawa hit the ball. It's fun to watch JJ spawn at the ball, Sam triplet, Kirk triplet, John cook. I mean, it's just, it's fun to watch them play. Yeah, They've been around the game for so long.
0: Yeah. There's a lot to learn and they're legends, right? I mean, like Kirk triplet,
1: you know, John cook, it's like playing golf at legends right there. My John man. Cook is a great guy. I mean, I just remember watching him on the Champions Tour. He just moved out here from Orlando because of the golf channel deal and, um, came out and played and dude, the guy sat with us and had beers, uh, him and Curtin did, and they just told old stories and it was awesome. so much fun with to listen too. And they were, and they were so nice to us. That's awesome. You know, and we're just, Mini tour
0: guys you know <laughs> you know what though we're, we're all golfers that's that's kind of what i figured out too from right. like you, you know at first it was like i mean my first guest was kelko right he's like like is like Kalk. one of my heroes growing up right he's awesome but it's like i'm scared shitless right like my first interview i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm been, inter- you know i'm interviewing kelk couldn't be nicer gotten be friendly with them right and most all of the guys i think i've been i got yelled at once i won't say who it was 90. So I've done over 100 of these <laughs> things. 99% of the guys are just like great dudes who just are really good at golf. That's yeah. it. They're just like great dudes who are really really good at golf. That's it. Not that much different. Man. They're just you know give them a hot dog at the turn and a beer. They're happy. Like they're just yeah, well, good dudes.
1: We're I mean, golfers. It, here's the thing. I'll never, I'll never forget Cal. Um, I heard heard a story about a good story. But the year the year he won the principal. Uh, the principal charity in Des Moines at Glen Oaks. A buddy of mine's a member at Des Moines Country Club. So it was the year he won the bacon, or he wore the uh, bacon pants.
0: I remember that picture. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. So the day before he's playing the pro with all the guys, he's drinking beers, having a great time, doing all that. Goes out with midnight, at night, has a few beers, you know. It, it's, and one of the guys, like, dude, he was all, you know, just all happy, just feeling no pain. Gets up the next day, shoots 64, And then the guy's like, hey, Cal, do you want to grab some beers? He goes, boys, in the lead, got to shut it down. He shut it down. He won the tournament. I can't remember what he shot. But, um, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, guys, got to shut it down. And after the tournament ended, boom, right back to it. Bacon pants.
0: Well, Cal ain't afraid (laughs) to – I mean, he's streaky, right? And if he's on, he ain't afraid to go low. He will fill it up and go low.
1: After after seeing um, that picture of him driving in the RV, I did not – my him in my, tra- in my fantasy trap.
0: <laughs> that is the best photo ever people haven't seen on social media poor kelk not feeling good in the afghan driving the rv brenda took it of him it's just he looks like he should be in grumpy old men or needs like rollers oh, exactly. in his hair so it's That's the exactly greatest picture of ever living legend and wine with a
1: couple of rich broads oh god you know? all right you want those to do this great,
0: again so, should we uh I do it again
1: i a hundred percent i you know what I think we should check back in every couple weeks. I'll start watching a little more golf, and uh, you know, we can talk about everything going on and still share some stories.
0: Maybe we'll do it like uh, like a post U.S. Open pod of just getting. I think a post U.S. US Open
1: pod would be great. I think a post U.S. Open pod would be great.
0: Get your perspective. See if the USGA actually got this thing together right, where it's not a shit show of disasters. Like, let them play some golf. I think a a professional's perspective would be good. Let's do it.
1: You know what? And here's the thing. I'll um I'll talk to my buddy, um my buddy Kyle, uh, our assistant pro over here, is actually from New York and has played Wingfoot. So I will watch it with him, and I will get the ins and outs, and I will give him 100% of the credit on the on the deal. But um, I think it'd be great. I think Wingfoot is like Pebble. I, I, I don't think that you can screw it up.
0: Well let's hope. Know. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's have like I want to see like a good US Open. Let them make a few birdies. We don't need it all tricked up. Right. But, yeah, let's do a post analysis make- of that and uh let's get those let's get your perspective. It's it's fun to hear from the pros and what they you know, when they're watching it on TV of what they uh what they think. So I think I think it's gonna be interesting. Let's do this.
1: Yeah. No, I'm gonna go jump on uh am gonna go jump on some Call of Duty and play some Warzone and uh I might see your kids on there, you never know. Well, have
0: fun. Don't have too many tonight. We will be in contact soon. Thank you for doing this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I knew it would be fun. First podcast without any notes. I literally did this with just like, let's just like talk like we bullshit and we talk on the phone or whatever. So this was perfect. Let's just slide through. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it again. I had a ton of fun. So uh, have, if I don't talk to you, have a great weekend. Play some good golf and uh, let's catch up soon.
1: Right. Going to Oklahoma next week. Got Carson Creek and Oak Tree National lined up. Ready to go? It's,
0: it's a tough life you live, bro. Tough life. It's really Thanks tough. Thanks again. It's really tough. Thanks again. <laughs> Appreciate it.
1: Jason, love you, man. Talk to you later.
0: All right. Later.